<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. A Dear Media original podcast. Hi, welcome to Good Instincts. I'm Shira Barlow, but you may know me as the food therapist. Join me every Thursday for the same thoughtful support to help you close the gap between where you are right now and where you want to go. This should feel good, like really good. And it will, I promise. So for today's episode, I've been thinking a lot about relationships and the way relationships can make us think about food in a different way. And I was thinking about it specifically because I have a client who I have talked about on here before. She is very beloved to me, but she was talking about how she has this boyfriend and she eats this specific way. She's very healthy, but she goes more greens and fat and protein. She's not keto, but she kind of plays around with where she spends her starch servings throughout the day. And she was saying that her boyfriend didn't really get it. But part of the reason he didn't really get it is because she never explained it to him. And so he'll take her out on these dates and it's all specific to a way of eating that she doesn't really like to eat. So what I talked to her about was why she was holding back from telling her about what she actually liked and the way she actually liked to eat. And What she said was that she was worried that she would come off as that girl, as being high maintenance, as being annoying, as being prissy. And it really hit me hard because I really, really relate to that. I remember feeling like that, especially at that age. She's in her early 20s. And what I told her was that everything she's told me about this guy makes it seem like he's really great. And I think that if you're with someone, they want you to be happy. If he's picking the restaurants, and again, this is the thing that I think everyone wants in a partnership is someone to take initiative and plan dates and and find the things that they think that you would love. So he's taking this initiative and he doesn't know what she actually wants. And that is because she is kind of being unknowable. And it's this idea that if you don't let people really know you, then they can't love you the way that you want to be loved. And it's also this idea that, listen, I think that this could go two ways, that he would either be like, oh my gosh, thank you for telling me. This is so helpful. I really didn't know. I was really confused. Now I know exactly which direction to go and I can get so excited about which restaurants to go to and what to get you. Or maybe he would be not thrilled with that for some reason. And if that's the case, then like he doesn't deserve to be your boyfriend anymore. 
And she ended up talking to him. He was, thank goodness, very into it and loves her very much. So he gets the full approval from me. But it was this idea of how we abandon ourselves. I think especially at the beginning of relationships because we're worried about seeming like that girl. And I've talked about it before also very, very early on. I had this client from Santa Barbara and she's adorable. She has three kids. She was a researcher and she has this husband and he was cute. And he every day at like 445 would bring her this platter and it was nuts and it was cheese and it was crackers and it was chocolate covered whatevers. And it was kind of hefty and big. She took pictures of it for me every single day when the clock struck 445. And the thing about it is that she ended up having like two dinners essentially because it was like a hefty platter. And then right after she would have an early dinner with her kids, And it was making it hard for her to make progress in our work together. And the thing was, is she was really afraid to tell him because she didn't want to hurt his feelings. And she knew that he did it out of such love and it made her feel so good about herself. And it was just like a sweet ritual, but the actual contents of the platter didn't really work. So I asked her, I was like, what would it mean If you were like, I love you so much. I love this so much. This is adorable. This makes me feel so good. Would it be possible if we slightly changed some of the things so that I was hungry for dinner? So like the nuts and a little bit of cheese, great. But maybe we're doing sliced Persian cucumber, sliced bell pepper, sliced carrot, and like a tahini or a pesto dip. And she again was really, really worried about saying something, but she did. And he made me so proud. He was like, yeah, honey, like whatever you want. He was like, I mean, if I'm being honest, like I'm trying to get laid tonight. Like, of course I want you to have what you want. I want you to have whatever board items that would make you happy. And it made me really happy because it wasn't about him. He didn't didn't care what was on the board, but he liked doing this thing that was sweet for his wife and it made her feel special. So I do think that the way we go about it really matters. And we've been talking about that a little bit already in the last couple of weeks, especially when we talk about boundaries around food. We were talking about it in terms of friends and peers and family members. And I talked about how so much of it is kind of like parenting my five-year-old where there's so much, I love you so much, I can't let you do that. And in this case, I think it's in a similar way. Like, I love what you're doing so much. Would it be possible if we did this instead? But I love you, I love you, I love you. And this is amazing and you're amazing. And it made me think of something in my own life that I ended up telling my client about, which is that when I was going on my first date with my now boyfriend, He lives in New York. And early on in our courtship, I had referenced one restaurant. And so he had taken the liberty of making a reservation at that restaurant. He knew that I liked it. He knew that I liked going there. And so it's cute. And it feels nice to be like, I took the liberty to make this plan. And here's the plan. And it references something that I know that you already like. Like, that's all really hot. We really like that. So the thing was, it is one of my favorite restaurants here. It's called Pizzana. And the thing that I love there is this insane chopped salad. It's like beautiful greens. It has salami. It has avocado. It has cucumbers. 
it has olives and then I add chicken to it and the, the dressing's insane. And I just really love it. There's also this other dish that's an artichoke dish that I love. And this is not sponsored by Pizza on. I just, I really enjoy it. But I was worried that it might be awkward that I wasn't like splitting a pizza with him essentially at this restaurant. And it was one of those things that was going to be the difference between me feeling like a little more confident. And so what I told him was, oh my God, you've been paying attention this whole time. You're amazing. I love that you made these plans. Like in no way did I want to disincentivize this adorable man for making plans for us to go do something nice, being really thoughtful about something that I've already referenced. But I felt like I would be more comfortable on our first date at this other place where I would just like be more myself. And he was really into that. And he actually said, when I was preparing for this episode, I told him what we were talking about today. And he was like, you know what? I really clocked how sweet you were about the way you did that. Because I think that you could do that in a way that you're kind of like nagging someone and then you are kind of disincentivizing them from taking initiative and wanting to do that in the future. But he was like, I was really happy to know the place that you would really like to go. But then I also liked that you were into the fact that I made the reservation. So I would just say, let's not be afraid to tell people how we want to be loved and tell people what we need as long as we're doing it in a sweet way. And when I was talking to my producer, Olivia, about this episode and what we were talking about, we ended up getting into kind of like a deep conversation about this and how it pertained to both of our lives. And as we were having the conversation, I was like, do you want to just do this online and on the show? And so she is going to come now and we're going to talk a little bit about what we were talking about before. It was just like so perfect and it was really honest and she's really special. And I think it'll be nice for you guys to meet. Today's episode is brought to us by Blissy. And this is honestly the easiest ad to read in my entire life because I am the biggest fan of silk pillowcase. And I'm a huge fan of this brand. I've been sleeping on a Blissey pillowcase for a while now. And let me tell you, it is so lovely. Here's the thing. It's not only hypoallergenic, so it's good for your skin. It's good for your hair. It also just is good for your hair in terms of breakage. It's going to help prevent that. And you would never believe that it's washable. If you had originally told me that you could wash a silk pillowcase I've been like, you're crazy. And I would have thought that you had to hand wash and then hang it up and dry it. But you know what? I would have still done that. But it's not. It's washable, which is incredible. It's also a really amazing gift. They are made from 100% mulberry silk. And I also appreciate that on the pillowcase, it has a little zipper that keeps your pillow in place. I could go on and on and on because I just really am such a big fan and I'm a believer, whether it's because you want to keep your skincare on your face or you want to protect your hair, you want to protect your skin from acne and bacteria that can accumulate on this pillowcase, even if we're washing it consistently. I couldn't say better things about this pillowcase. They also have a ton of different prints and colors. You can do what feels right for you. And you know what? Men love them too. That's a fact. You can check them out at blissy.com slash good instincts and get an additional 30% off. That's B-L-I-S-S-Y.com slash good instincts and use the code good instincts to get an additional 30% off. Give yourself the gift of a good night's sleep with Blissy. 
Hi, everyone. I'm Peyton Sarton, host of the Note to Self podcast. Note to Self is a space to embrace your unique qualities, get grounded, and ultimately have honest conversation. No topic is off limits. I began doing social media seven years ago, and since then, I've started a clothing line and this podcast. Note to Self is a place where people from every stage of life can come for advice, new perspectives, and to feel a little less alone. Whether I'm recording by myself or bringing along a friend, we will explore topics ranging from relationships and mental wellness to social media and entrepreneurship. Tune in to Note to Self every week for the sisterly advice you didn't know you needed and raw conversations you've always wanted. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Shira, thank you so much for asking me to be on this side of the microphone today. It's a privilege to be here. I'm so happy to do this with you. No, as we were talking, I was just thinking, this is really special. And and what kind of we both were talking about is that you and I both have a kind of tendency to be people pleasers. And Mm -hmm. I think that that can show up in relationships. Oh, absolutely. 100%. (laughs) That's been like a routine story in my life, I feel. For context, I'm 24 years old. So I'm quite, you know, I'm I'm a baby in my 20s still. Got a lot of learning left to do. But I've found that over the years, I have really put myself at a disadvantage and allowed other people to kind of take the reins, Mm. whether that is in relationship or friendship, family, what have you. And I think up until this past year, kind of like we were talking about, this is the first year of my life really where Mm. I think I've been able to acknowledge that and consciously make an effort to be like, no, what do I really need right now? Because the default has been to people please. And we were using the phrase code switcher extraordinaire. Absolutely. And I think just realizing that I don't need to put everyone else on a pedestal, but like instead we're, you know, all kind of on an equal plane and that my needs are just as important as anyone else's. And like to learn to really voice that has been huge. No, that's so wonderful. And yes, I remember being 24 and that was me too. And the thing about it is if you're like us, and I think probably a lot of people listening can relate Mm -hmm. on some level, you and I could become whatever someone else wanted us to be. Absolutely. But Mm -hmm. what you start to realize is, do I like that person? And do I want to be that person? And then if you actually get to state what you actually want and you get to see who, who wants to show up for you in that way, then you get some valuable information about who you're supposed to be with. Absolutely. And and you give yourself the respect to do yeah. in a lot of ways and realizing that, okay, I might not be everyone's cup of tea. Right. Like, you know, but at least I'm being honest in who I am. And that takes so much less energy than to try and keep up with whatever it is you're trying to keep up with. Totally. And you and I were also talking about this idea of there tends to be an imposter syndrome that follows Mm -hmm. that because if you can be what anyone wants you to be and you can be a code switcher and you can be a chameleon in that way, then when someone falls for you in that way and is really into you, you start to be like, yeah, but you don't even really know me. You Mm -hmm. know the like fabricated version of me that I made up so that you would really like me type of thing. Exactly, exactly. And that's doing a disservice to you. It's doing a disservice to the other person. It is just, I mean, it ends up like creating this false reality in a lot of ways. And I found in the past when I have kept that shield up, 
it has done that disservice to me and the other person. And as a people pleaser, there's an element of like, whoever I am isn't good enough. So I have to put on Mm. this thing. So not only are you not being honest, but you're disrespecting who you are and what your true likes Mm. are, your interests or what you want to eat, you know, anything like that. And it kind of just creates this cycle of making yourself smaller and not allowing people in. And then when you do get those compliments, like you're amazing. I like love who you are. You shine, whatever it is. It's like, are you talking about me or are you talking about what I've chosen to offer you right now? Mm, Oh gosh. I really, really feel that. Mm -hmm. It's so great that at 24, you realize that. I don't know that I totally knew that at 24 because the thing about it is, yeah, when you, when you do that and you are unknowable and you do not let people and it's kind of, it's kind of mean, like to the mm-hmm. people, it's, it's, it's not only doing yourself a disservice, but you're preventing yourself from meeting great people and mm-hmm. not just in relationships, but with friends yeah. and letting people show up for you that way. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like this idea about food and not wanting to be high maintenance and not wanting to have Mm -hmm. needs, did it ever show up for you in terms of like restaurant stuff and like going out to eat? Yeah. So I think more so for me, I'm like just now truthfully starting my like healthier eating journey. I I got out of college a year ago. So big old like ramen, whatever's cheap kind of girl for a while. But I'm, you know, working on making those better choices now. But one of the things though that I've noticed with food in relationship is well, my boyfriend, he eats a little bit more like a bird sometimes. Oh. We'll eat like a really big meal in the morning. And then he's like, I'm not hungry for the rest of the oh. day. I don't really feel like I don't know what I want. I don't really want to eat anything oh. right now. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, I'm starving. Yeah. But when I was younger, like just earlier on in our relationship, I would be like, oh yeah, I'm not hungry right now either. Oh. So I would be like, oh, I'm the opposite. I haven't eaten anything today yet. Not in a term of like, of course. Not, but just like, oh, I haven't done that yet. I typically was eating like a larger meal at dinner or between lunch and dinner. And at that point, he's like, no, I'm I'm full. I'm, oh. I'm done. And I wasn't like taking, oh, <laughs> I wouldn't even like, this is like what I'm talking about. I wouldn't say like, right. I haven't eaten today. I need to eat something right now. Yeah. You're like, it's okay that you're not <laughs> hungry, but I really am hungry. So I, ha- I have needs. Yes. I, I have needs. I, I need nutrients yeah. and, and food, but I would be like, no, okay. Well, there's like not enough t- time. Like it's fine. You know, it's fine. It's so, fine. <laughs> so what were, were you afraid that then that would seem like you were like high maintenance? Like what, what actually was yeah. the fear? I know because I can relate to it, mm-hmm. but if you could put a name to it, what do you think yeah. you were afraid that would signal to him? Absolutely. I think partially with like body image to an extent, Mm -hmm. he is like very tall and slender and I'm like, I'm mid-size, I'm curvier. Gorgeous, by the way. (laughs) Thank you so much. You can't see her right now, but. (laughs) Thank you. But yeah, I think part of it was this sort of fear that he would see me as indulging mm. or like I was pigging out or something. Aww. Cause like when I was younger was like made fun of and that kind of thing. Aww. Not like, you know, some people have it a lot worse, of course, but I think that was part of it. And then also just not wanting to take up space. That yeah. is like a really key component to it. Yeah. And I think a lot of women can relate to the feeling of just wanting to you know, not be a problem or like you said, not be high maintenance, not take up space in that way. That's what you're saying is like, I don't deserve to have this space. Yeah. And so 
one of my goals for this year, first of all, mm. has just been like three square meals a day, girl. Yes. Like please. get to it. Like please. we've been doing well so far. Please. And now it's like, girl, okay, you can be, you know, satiated all you want. I need to go like get something or make yeah. something or like take 20 minutes out of our plans. I have to do this. Great. This is like, I absolutely have to Great. or I will fall over. <laughs> like, Great. No, I think that that really resonates. And I think that probably resonates with a lot of people of just, yeah, I think that we're, we are taught as women to not take up a lot of space and not be a bother. And I don't want to be a pain. Mm -hmm. But if there are people who like care about us, like that would be horrifying to your sweet boyfriend that you were hungry in his presence <laughs> and that you were avoiding mm -hmm. wanting to drive out of the way or take 20 minutes mm -hmm. to go eat something. But we had this episode with Pia and I, it was actually really powerful because she was talking about a similar thing in the way of wanting to be perceived as that cool girl mm -hmm. of when she started dating her now husband Davide, she would want to order the fries and the burgers mm -hmm. and the whole thing. And then she would go home and like leave him and kind of go on this bender and then restrict. And mm. it was one of those things that was all for him to like think she was this hyper cool, mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck girl. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about that for a second with you because I think, again, we do love that girl. And what do you think mm -hmm. that is? Why do you think we all want to be her? That that like, I don't give a fuck girl. I think it's that sense of confidence yeah. that, that just kind of emanates from somebody who's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Right. But what if we took that rhetoric, right, and flipped it on its head and said the girl who really doesn't give a fuck is the girl that can show up yes. and state what her needs yes. are because that's that confidence of saying, I deserve to have my needs met. Totally. In whatever that is. And so I feel like really being that girl is being able to show up for yourself in front of your partner, mm. in front of your friends, in front of people who don't even know you and doing it in a way where you don't have to put anybody down. You don't have to be little. You don't have to be like, Ugh, you know, turn your nose up. But just to say like, hey, what's this chicken made with? Or, yes. you know, how is it prepared? And there's nothing wrong with saying that and claiming that and owning that space. Mm -hmm. As long as you can like say it with your chest and be comfortable with that, you're gonna be that girl. Yeah, right? I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that was really beautifully said Thank also. You. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think that people are worried to make a modification at a restaurant or like, mm -hmm. yeah, even ask a server like, hey, what's in the dressing? And again, not in this big over the top way, but I think even those really small ways, people struggle with wanting to make a little room for themselves in that way. And no one notices. And mm -hmm. if someone is turned off for some reason by you having needs, then that's a really important information to have that that's probably not your person. Absolutely. Put the cards out on the table like we were talking about, you know, show yourself, yeah. be honest in that. And then what people give you in return, that'll give you the information you need totally. to make an informed decision, have informed relationships. Yeah. And just either deepen them or realize this person maybe isn't somebody that I really vibe with or who can like see me for who I am in an authentic way and respect that. Yeah, like letting people know you, the actual you that feels really good and feels really grounded is such a beautiful thing. And I heard this one thing on a podcast. I don't even know what it was. It was many, many years ago, but it was this idea that clarity is kindness. Mm -hmm. That like 
obviously in the same way of my client talking to her cutie pie husband about the cheese board he was making her (laughs) or my other client talking about the types of restaurants she might want to go to. This idea of being clear and obviously doing it in a really lovely, warm, cozy way Mm -hmm. is really being kind to the people who want to love us and want to know us. Yes. And it's showing them how to best show up for you. And that'll bring them joy. It'll bring you joy. You'll be closer because of it. Yeah. And that not only, I mean, does it, it applies in food. It applies in so many other realms. And I think that my relationship with my boyfriend, we've been together for three years now and we like started dating in college Mm. and did long distance for like a year and a half on and off um, before I moved out to LA and he had studied abroad at one point. And also just a little bit of backstory. (laughs) I kind of went from one relationship to another Mm. when I was in my teens and whatnot. But I think that the space apart really taught me to get comfortable with myself Mm. too. And instead of just really looking to him for that sense of approval almost at times, finding, okay, well, like, no, what does a day look like for just me? You know, and what do I want to do and how can I fulfill myself? And, you know, really being able to kind of hone in and find who that girl was and like find how to stand on my own Mm. without that person there as a safeguard in physical form, I suppose. But it has made our relationship so much better Mm. because he's able to be himself, of course, and I'm able to be my full self in whatever that is and be honest about how I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, what I want to do on the weekend, Mm. you know, where I want to eat, like all of that. And, you know, the pedestal concept to take him off of the pedestal, but like look him in the eye. I just adore him and I know he adores me. And it has just like made everything so much better. And I feel like I have such a more well-rounded sense of self now. I love that. Um, So I think it just speaks to that a little. I love that so much. And I feel like the piece of that that I really take away, which is I feel like the cornerstone of this show and of my practice and all this is that self-knowledge piece Mm -hmm. of the more you know yourself the better you are at showing up for yourself, but the better you're at telling other people how they can show up for you. And in the same way mm-hmm. of, I talk about it with food in terms of like when people have roadblocks, like understand what those are. What are those things that tend to make you abandon yourself? That's what mm-hmm. I talk about in practice all the time, which is we can't expect ourselves to not have any weaknesses and not have any roadblocks, but how can we understand them better so they don't have to like stand in our way essentially? Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Just like to understand fully and have the grace to like see what those obstacles are and say like, yeah, this is a thing that's hard for me and it needs some work. It needs a little extra love, but like that doesn't mean I'm going to stop and that doesn't mean I'm going to abandon myself. Yes. And again, going back to that concept of, you know, feeling perhaps not good enough and wanting to shape shift and what have you, just turning back inward and saying like, this is who I am. This is where I'm at right now. And offering yourself the same grace that you give everybody else Mm. when you're looking at them and thinking, what would they want me to be right now? You're so wise. Thank you. No, you really are. And I think that's really special. And I think having you on as a 24-year-old and to span that time and to see how much growth you've had and even how just literally last year you weren't showing up for yourself in this Mm -hmm. way, how much you've done and how much, I think as women, we all have this work to do and and to pay attention to maybe some tendencies we have Mm -hmm. to abandon ourselves more in this way in relationships. We all have this tendency and why women are so good at relational things to 
attuned to other people and pay attention to what they're eating and maybe kind of match that. And to kind of take a minute, maybe today, a couple times today to be like, ooh, I'm checking back in with myself as I enter this meal with my friend or meal with my husband or meal with my family. That happens a ton. And I talked about that a ton over Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for chatting with me about this. I think this was actually really special. I think so too. Thank you so much for having me on this side, Shira. It was so lovely to chat with you and I just really appreciate it. You are a star. Thank you. Well, thank you, but you actually are a star and I feel compelled to let people know that you're actually like a really beautiful singer-songwriter. Oh, thank you so much. Will yeah. you tell us a little bit about where we can find you? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm still working on a big old project that'll be on Spotify, Apple Music, streaming oh services. But in the meantime, I have an original song called Fried Rice available on YouTube. It's just like a live session. And it's a song about really being present and mm. taking inventory of all the special things and people around you in just a certain snapshot in time. So I wrote that one in particular when I was in college living with some of my best friends, but just just a sweet thing to, you know, kind of savor your moment. I love that so much. Okay, we'll we'll link it. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to Good Instincts. Hosted and written by me, Shira Barlow. You can find me on Instagram at Shira underscore RD. Good Instincts is a Dear Media Daily. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.